the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Got questions concerning elder or state law? Attorney Mike Connors has the answer. He was recognized in 2012 as one of New York's top lawyers by New York Magazine and brings over 30 years' experience to the table. His office number is 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Here's Mike Connors. We are gathered here on hallowed ground. Welcome to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors, accompanied by my wife, Beth. Hello, everybody. Those of you first-time listeners to the show, or if you haven't listened to us in a long while, the show is divided in two parts, not necessarily equal parts. The first part of the show, we talk about estate planning and elder law. And the idea behind estate planning is to pass assets from one generation to the next, paying the least amount in taxes that we need to pay legally, avoiding going through court, avoiding probate, and as far as elder law is concerned, trying to save assets from nursing home bills. The second part of the show, we talk about policy. Politics, history, religion, sports, you know, nostalgia. And we may have some special guests on tonight, and we'll let you know later in the show. First, let's go through some of the email questions we get. Beth, can you read the first email question we have for tonight? We've got a whole bunch, and I apologize for people. We get a little bit backed up, and so we try to choose them for diversity. But um, I I know you people send in emails that don't get read, and I'm so sorry about that. But here's the first one from Douglas. I have an investment account and rollover IRA totaling $100,000. I am single with no living relatives. Beneficiary is a friend. What taxes would be involved for the beneficiary? Thank you. Again, assuming you're a New York resident, there would be no taxes as far as death taxes. There's no death tax in New York under $5 million. $740,000 $740,000 as of January 1st this year. So based on the, the numbers we have in front of us, obviously we're well under the tax. Now, if you have a rollover IRA or another retirement plan, which taxes haven't been taken out, well then as your friend makes withdrawals from the IRA after you're gone, that's going to be subject to regular income tax, just like if it was income to him. And of course, hopefully they can stretch it out to your friend's life expectancy so the tax can be spread out over years. And again, I can't stress this enough. There's no estate. There's there's no death tax in New York under $5,740,000. If you live in other states, it could be different. Like Pennsylvania started imposes a, a, a death tax on a state's really, I think, over five or $10,000. It's a very small number. There's no tax in any state usually between husband and wife. But, you know, there may be taxes if you leave your house in Pennsylvania to Poconos to your children or whatever. They may have to pay a tax on it because Pennsylvania is very tough. New Jersey's gotten a little better over the last couple of years. So usually there's not a tax to children or whatever. But you got to be careful what state you are. And let's say if you have real estate in Pennsylvania and Pennsylvania starts taxing you at a fairly low rate. So you got to be careful. So next question. All right. This question is from Madeline. 
What happens when a person has to go from in-home care on Medicare with a spend down to a nursing home? She had 24-7 AIDS with community Medicaid now. I am her caretaker, but may have to leave her apartment in the near future. We are in Brooklyn. I do not live with her. She is alone. I guess the question is what happens if she goes to a nursing home? Well, basically, let me explain the spend down first. Let's say for the sake of argument, you apply for community Medicaid, home care Medicaid in New York. And if your income is over, assuming you're over 65 and your income is over $879 a month, your income in excess of that 879 has to go into a pooled income trust or you get into a spend down position where you have to spend your money. Ordinarily, we don't want to spend our money. We want to put the money in a trust. Here's how it works. Let's say you have $2,000 a month income. You would put roughly $1,100 a month in the pooled income trust. That $1,100, if you pay rent, would pay your rent, pay gas, electric, phone, cable. If you own a house, it's great because then we can pay the real estate taxes on the house and the insurance on the house and the water and sewer bill and whatever. And so basically, let's say you have about $2,000 a month rent. Your income over $879 a month has to go into a pooled income trust. It's a not-for-profit. and It's it's a lot more complicated than it sounds. But once you get going, when it, once you get it working, it's really not that much work. It's almost like a checking account. So you put $1,100 in the trust and you pay your bills out of that trust. Again, if you own your house, it could be real estate taxes, insurance, cable, electric. If you rent, it can be your rent, cable, electric, so forth and so on. So it's a way for people who have more than $879 a month in income to apply and get approved for home care community Medicaid. Now, if somebody goes to a nursing home, unless they have a spouse in the community, virtually all the income will go to the nursing home. So your friend, the spend down would be, in effect, her entire income would go to the nursing home because the nursing home costs in New York, New York City, are about $15,000 a month. So if Medicaid pick, picks up that bill, they, in effect, bill. And a lot of people say, will they take this? Will they take that? No, they bill. They don't take. So they would bill you each month for the amount of your income less $50 if you're a veteran a little less. And so each month, let's say if you have $2,000 a month Social Security and pension, you'd have to pay nineteen fifty a month to the nursing home. Now, if you're married, there are different rules that apply and your spouse may be entitled to some of your income for support. And, you know, and that's why if you're in one of these questions, it's hard to answer all the questions generally, but you're more than welcome to come in, talk it over to one of our attorneys at Connors and Sullivan, because that's what we do. A lot of people don't realize somebody's going to a nursing home. There are a lot more options available in many cases than you might think. I mean, and and sometimes, you know, people give you the wrong advice. They may be well-meaning. They may be wrong. They're not lawyers or Sometimes they just take the easy way out. So if you're in a nursing home situation with somebody in your family, get the right advice. Give us a call at Connors and Sullivan at 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. Now, each week, Kevin McCullough answers one of our caller's questions, or he I shouldn't say he answers the question, I answer the question on his show. So let's turn it over to Kevin McCullough for the question of the week. All right, every single week we guarantee you that uh, Mike Connors will appear from Connors and Sullivan's law firm to uh, come and answer a question related to your estate care and your elder care. And uh, today's question is a unique one, given the fact that uh, we've never talked about anything internationally related to uh, those topics. But today's question from Fanny says, Mr. Connors, my father was born and raised in Italy before migrating to the U.S. He has both an Italian and a New York state will. How does probate work in this situation, as I don't know where to begin? Uh, Mike, I can feel her pain. How should she start? 
Well, the first thing, you have to read both wills. And this is a real problem because a lot of times the standard will, let's say even the standard will we do here in New York, it says I revoke all wills and codicils heretofore made by me. So somebody does, you know, they have land in Italy, they have a will leaving the land in Italy to whomever. And, of course, there are a lot of strict guidelines on on the descent of, of real estate in Europe. But they say that. Then we do a will, not knowing about the Italian will, saying we revoke all prior wills. That will is, in theory, revoked, or vice versa. And sometimes that can cause a lot of problems. So you've got to read the wills together. In other words, our will might say, uh, I revoke all wills and codicils done in the United States. I do not revoke the will pertaining to the real property located in Italy, so forth and so on. And we had one case that went back and forth for years, an English will that said I revoked all the all my prior wills. And we had a will here in the United States and the family was fighting over that for years and the, and whether the person had a will, didn't have a will. And the judge finally ruled with the person made the trouble of going through signing two wills. He probably didn't intend to die without one. So it worked out well, but it took about four or five years to get there. Sure. Well, that sounds like something that would be quite complicated. And friends, maybe that's the kind of complications you have about these. That's why Mike is there. That's why he wants to know your questions and how to best answer them. 718-238-6500. His staff is standing by right now. 718-238-6500. You can also uh, listen to Mike answer more of your questions Saturday mornings at 8 on AM 570, The Mission, and Sunday mornings at 11 on AM 970, The Answer, when uh, he broadcasts the Ask the Lawyer radio show. Uh, But Mike Connors, we appreciate your help. Thanks so much. Thank you, Kevin. You can hear Kevin McCullough each Monday through Friday on 970 Answer at 5 o'clock Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Wednesdays, he shares a spot with John Katsimatidis, and he has his own hour from 4 to 5. You can also hear him on The Mission, you know, Monday through Friday at 3 o'clock on 570 The Mission. You know, it might be worth for us to, to just repeat our show times now, because obviously, if you're listening to us, you know one show. But we're on Saturday mornings at 8 o'clock on 570 The Mission, Sundays at 11 o'clock at 970 The Answer, and Saturday nights, sports permitting, at 6 o'clock at 970 The Answer. Because a lot of people have been emailing me, calling the office, and say, do you still have a 6 o'clock show? Well, there are a lot of basketball games. There are a lot of sports games and things like that. And a lot of times we get preempted. But if there's no sports event, and once we finish with March Madness – which is, you know, only a couple of weeks away. We should be on fairly regularly on Saturday nights at 6 o'clock. So don't forget to listen to us, but you can always get us 8 o'clock every Saturday morning, 11 o'clock every Sunday morning, 11 o'clock Sunday morning on 970 The Answer, 8 o'clock Saturday morning at 570 The Mission, and then sports permitting Saturday at 6 o'clock on 970 The Answer. If any out, anybody out there feels like they're confused, don't worry. I'm confused, too. So don't worry. You can hear at some point. If you forgot or it doesn't make sense to you, just send me an email and we'll discuss it again. And I have more emails here. Okay, Maybe but we we're least... going to take a break and then we'll, we'll get to the next very email. Very good. Very good. 
For our Ask the Lawyer friends and listeners, you can attend any of Connors & Sullivan's free seminars on elder law, Medicaid, wills, and estate planning, and more. Yes, it's all free and all close to you. So come to Connors & Sullivan's free seminars. On Tuesday, April 9th at the Greenhouse Cafe, 7717 3rd Avenue in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn at 11 a.m., 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. at Buckley's 2926 Avenue S in Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn on Wednesday, April 10th at 11 a.m., 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. and at the Montauk Club, 25 8th Avenue in Park Slope, Brooklyn on Thursday, April 11th at 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. Can't go to any Connors & Sullivan's free seminars? Then call Connors & Sullivan at 718-238-6500 for your own free office appointment. Make an educated decision on your estate and family legal solutions today. Just call Connors & Sullivan at 718-238-6500. That's Connors & Sullivan, 718-238-6500, or go to connorsandsullivan.com. Find out what you're entitled to. Come to a Connors & Sullivan free seminar. For more information, call 718-238-6500, or go to connorsandsullivan.com. Connors & Sullivan. Plan now for later. Do you have somewhere to sleep? Did you eat today? Are you making ends meet? For thousands of New Yorkers, the answer is no. For children and youth, adults, seniors, people struggling with addiction or mental illness, and for the isolated, Catholic Charities of Brooklyn and Queens is there. With 160 programs and more than 4,500 units of affordable housing, Catholic Charities is one of the largest multi-service charitable organizations in the nation. We help change lives and build communities. If you or someone you know needs assistance, call 718-722-6001 or visit CCB. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors, accompanied by my wife, Beth. Hi again. As you know, this show is about estate planning and elder law, and we take email questions each week. And I'm going to ask our producer right now, Chris Cordani, where do you email us? I email you, or <laughs> we all can email you. At AskMikeConnors at gmail.com. You heard the Kevin McCulloch segment. They do this every week. And your question might be on that as well. So that'll be interesting. AskMikeConnors at gmail.com. Should I say it one more time? Yes, absolutely. AskMikeConnors at gmail.com. Now, if you do want to ask your question anonymously, we do do that. I mean, you just write anonymous or whatever. Just say you don't want it to go on If you on don't the want air. your name on there, you don't want people to know what you're saying or and asking about. And we get a lot it. of those, so that's okay. Yes. So, Beth, what's what's the next question we got lined up? Well, the next question is from Carol. And at the end of her question, she says, thank you and my regards to Beth. So, Carol, thank you very much for thinking of me and my regards to you, too. All right. So here's Carol's question. I listened to you and have gathered some advice, but I need to be clear on one thing. What, in the simplest terms, is a revocable trust? I will be leaving everything to my daughter and am trying to have her not have to do probate, etc. I cannot outright leave her the house as I'm an adult community and she's not yet 55. She's just 46. Is there any way to put down in writing that she can stay in the house? Any advice you can give me so I can go to someone in my area would be great. 
She's in Ocean County, New Jersey. One of the things, a lot may depend on the rules of the adult community, but I know a lot of adult communities have no objections if you put your house in a revocable trust, and then it goes to your daughter. If she's over 55 at the time, she'll be able to live in the house. If she's not over 55, she may have to list the property for sale. Of course, a lot depends on how old she is at that time. If she's 54 and a half, maybe they'll just let her stay there or whatever. So we've got to check with the adult community and see what their rules are. Now, revocable trust. What is a revocable trust? Well, in its simplest form, it's a family contract. And basically on a revocable trust, you're saying it's your house as long as you're alive. After you're gone, it passes to the next generation. Your daughter can sell the house, possibly move in, depending on the the adult community rules. The day after you're gone, it would be her house. There's no court proceeding. There's no probate. And ordinarily, there's there are no taxes right now. I don't think there's any estate tax, death tax in New Jersey between mother and daughter. There's no federal estate tax under $11 million, and that's $11 million index for inflation. So your daughter would be able to move into the house or sell it tax-free the day after you're gone. Basically, revocable trust. It's a family contract. It's your house as long as you're alive. After you're gone, it passes to your daughter. And to other people, whatever beneficiaries they may want to put on their trust. And, you know, people, we're going to be doing seminars in a couple of weeks. And people ask me, can I do this in a trust? Can I do that in a trust? And the answer is almost always yes. We can do virtually whatever you want in the trust. Can you put in your trust? Uh... My daughter has a right to live in the house as long as she wants, but uh, let's say you have a son, then when she sells the house, half the sales price goes to your son. Yes, we can do that. Can you say, I don't want my house sold until my dog dies because I don't want my dog to have to look for another place to live? Yes, we can do that. There was a case in Florida a few years back. Six million dollar mansion couldn't be sold until the dog died and six servants were kept on salary to keep the dog into the lifestyle to which the dog had become accustomed. So if that's what you want to do, we can do it. And again, just tell me what you want in a trust agreement. It is an extremely flexible document. You tell me what you want in the trust agreement, we'll put it in writing. You know, and people say, well, how would I word it? How would I do it? That's our job. We'll word it. You tell us what you want to do, then we'll put it in writing. We'll word it. Maybe we go over a draft. You read it, take it home, whatever, depending on the circumstances. And what some people don't realize, if you have a clear idea of what you want to do in your trust, your trust can be completed at Connors and Sullivan within a couple of weeks. Usually, I'd say our average turnaround is two weeks. Some of the biggest problem, though, is to get the, if you want your son or daughter to be co-trustee, to be part of the agreement with you. Some the biggest delays are we have to mail the trust to, let's say, California or Arizona and Florida and wait for them to come back. But if all your children live in the area here, a lot of times, that's why we have Saturday appointments. Everybody comes to one of our offices. Every one of our offices is open usually at least one Saturday a month. We can have a meeting there and we can get the documents notarized. Everybody can have a copy. But of course, we need to know ahead of time what you want. Now, 90% of the people come in, I want to leave my house to my three children in three equal shares. Well, then obviously we can have that done in two weeks. But then if you start having the what ifs, if, if my son, if he's on drugs, I want his share to be held up. Or if my problem, you know, I have problems with my daughter, I'm not sure I want to leave it to her because if I leave it to her, she may leave it to her husband who hasn't worked a hard day in his life and we want to make sure he doesn't get part of the house. Well, then we have to talk a little bit, but we can get a draft ready in a couple of weeks. So if you you have any of those questions, give us a call at Connors & Sullivan at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. You want to attend one of our seminars to figure out what to do with your house. You can ask your questions there. And we have seminars coming out in Brooklyn in April and we're going to be in Queens in May. Early, we talked about some special guests. Well, let me tell you who they are. Those of you who know me personally know I'm a diehard Jets fan, and we all always weren't rooting for losing teams. 
back in 1968-69, the Jets won the Super Bowl. And we're going to have two of the receivers who were on that Super Bowl team. Pete Lamont's tight end, who caught a touchdown pass in the game against the Raiders leading up to the Super Bowl. And Don Maynard, one of my favorite players, football Hall of Famer. When he retired, he had more yards receiving than any other player in the history of football at that time. Now, since then, players have been playing longer seasons. You know, when he first started, it was a 12-game season. Then it was made a 14-game season. Now, of course, it's a 16-game season. But when he retired, he had more yards receiving than any other player in the history of football. And I remember him as a kid. He had great speed. He could get behind the defender. And if he caught a pass, he didn't drop it. And of course, the way, you know, when you think about it, if he caught the pass behind the receiver, the receiver didn't catch up with him. He had great speed. And, you know, we talk about that with Don Maynard. Pete Lammons was an an integrable part of the 68-69 Jets. He was the tight end. And, you know, one of the things, Beth, that's come up more in the Pete Lammons interview, both these guys were from Texas. Yeah, there were 11 Jets on the Super Bowl team who went to a school in Texas. And and back then, the rosters weren't as large as they were today. Okay, so let me get this right. When the Jets had a whole bunch of Texans on their team, they won the Super Bowl. Now, maybe that should tell the Jets people now that they should start looking for a whole bunch of Texans. Maybe they'd do better. What do you think? Maybe, but that's, you know, times have changed a little bit. Oh. But in any event, Pete Lamons, Don Maynard, thank you for listening to Ask the Lawyer. If you're a homeowner age 62 or older and are finding it hard to pay off debt, or how about enjoying your retirement years with less stress? A government-insured reverse mortgage may be the answer or might be the perfect solution for you and your family. Hi, this is Frank Melia, a certified mortgage planner. I've been a mortgage specialist for over 20 years, and I've helped countless homeowners all over the tri-state area tap into a little or a lot of their home equity so they can use it right now. This past October, the federal government made changes to the reverse mortgage loan program. Give me a call now so our office can show you how these changes affect how much money you receive and how the annual mortgage insurance costs have decreased. My job is to help you find the best solutions for your retirement goals. I do this by educating homeowners with straightforward information and answers. It's free to call and speak with me, Frank Melia, to determine if this FHA program might be able to help you and your loved ones now. Call and speak with me right now. I'll answer your questions and help you decide if a reverse mortgage is right for you and your family. Make the call now, 888-943-2646, or try me on the internet at www.quanticbank.com backslash F Melia. Once again, call 888-943-2646 and you could be on your way to a stress-free retirement. Frank Melia, NMLS number 62591. All loans provided by Quantic Bank, NMLS number 403503. We all know someone who's been touched by cancer. It's the second leading cause of death. And it took the life of my father, John Wayne. But even in his final days, he was thinking about helping others and publicly campaigning to raise awareness about cancer. His courage and grit inspired our family to do everything we could to fight the big C, as my dad called it. So we did something about it and founded the John Wayne Cancer Institute 35 years ago to advance life-saving research. Our discoveries are fundamentally changing the way cancer is treated around the world. Cures are within our reach, but we can't do it alone. I'm Patrick Wayne, and I'd be honored if you joined us in the fight against cancer. You can make a lasting legacy by helping to eradicate this deadly disease. Together, we can save lives. 
To learn more, visit jwcigiving.org. That's jwcigiving.org. Time now for Connor's Corner, where Mike takes a closer look at topics like history, politics, religion, and more. Here's Mike. Welcome to the Connor's Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. Many of you know I've been interested in sports a long time, and the first pro football touchdown that I clearly remember was a game in Shea Stadium, and there was a tall, lanky quarterback by the name of Dick Wood, and he just threw the ball down the field, and who caught it but number 13, future Hall of Famer Don Maynard, and that's the first pro football touchdown that I remember, and we're very fortunate to be able to talk to Don Maynard, Hall of Famer, on this today's show. How you doing today, sir? Real fine, thank you. Appreciate uh, getting the visit with you and and uh, whatever good listeners that you have. Okay, now you grew up in Texas? Oh, yes sir. I I uh my dad was in the cotton gin and business and I moved around. I went to 13 schools, so uh I got to know a lot of people. Where'd you go to college? Well, I started school at at uh, Rice University and then uh Later on, I transferred out to uh, Texas Western at that time, and uh, I stayed there till I finished and graduated and got got my degree. You hooked on with the New York Giants for the 1958 season. What kind of season was that? It it was great for me. They we only had I think about three or four uh, rookies on the ball club, and I was fortunate to play and uh, didn't have that many players. But, uh, man, I got to play on a team with Frank Gifford and Kyle Rode and and, uh, great, great ones that became in the Hall of Fame later on. The end of the 1958 season or whatever, you got cut. Uh, Yes, sir. Okay, you got to feel pretty low at that time. What were you thinking? What What were you thinking about your future in football? Well, I I felt like I could play somewhere. So uh, we we uh, we won everything in '58 with uh, with with the uh, Giants, and and uh, it it turned turned out good. Uh, Right then, later later on, when they the next year, well, when they added some players and all, and and uh, changed coaches, well, I uh, I felt a little disappointed because uh, I felt I was as good as some of the others, but they uh, released me the next year. Back then, it was the New York Titans when they started in 1960. How did you hook on with the New York Titans? Sammy Ball uh, got the head coaching job with the Titans. He was a coach at Hardin-Simmons when I had played in the old border conference. And uh, we played those teams home and home. So uh, Sammy, he knew a lot lot about me, and I kind of wound up being the first uh, New York Titan that they they signed because when I saw he got the job, I told him I'd I'd like to come play for him, and and it, it worked out real good. 
Well, certainly did. Now, what was it like playing back then in, in the old AFL in 1960, 61, 62? It, it just, uh, they wasn't that many, many uh, fans a lot of times. But uh, at the same time, we had good uh, togetherness on the ball club. And that that made all the difference in the, in the world. Now, eventually, the New York Titans become the New York Jets, and they hire Weeb Eubank as the coach. What changed when, when he became the coach? Well, naturally, Sammy Ball was a great uh, quarterback himself, and and uh, we threw the ball a whole lot. And then when Weeb came in, well, he, he adapted some more running plays than uh, – and and uh, that that made a lot of difference. Okay, now Weeb Eubank, you played against him. He coached the uh, Colts back in those championship games, right? So did he? Did he have respect for you? Did he? Did he feel like he was playing an if there was coaching an NFL team, or did he think maybe well these guys are not quite as good? Well, I'm not. I'm not quite sure. Ever everybody, even fans around the country, and. And different people, and even even Weeby, he he felt like he didn't have as good a team as he had uh, back at with the Baltimore Colts when you got those great ball players. Okay, now eventually the Jets start to get Joe Namath comes in. The Jets get to be a pretty good team. And I remember on December 29th, 1968, the AFL championship game between you guys and the Raiders. Now, that was at Chase Stadium, which is one of the coldest places on earth during the winter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, a guy from Texas, how did you acclimate to that? You just, uh, uh, there's been some cold games other times uh, back in college somewhere off and on, especially Late later in the year, uh, late in December. So uh, you you uh, guys are pros all the way around, and um, and uh, you just go out, uh, you know, on on game day, and and uh, you play the best best you can, and sure hope you'll you'll win. You had a great day that day, and it's probably. Probably one of the best clutch performances in a in a championship game ever. How much do you remember about that game? I just remember that a lot of the press, you know, they they expected uh, the NFL team to win and play and all, but uh, they they never had. I don't think they'd uh, played against a great passing coach as Sammy Ball and uh, we. We come out in great shape, and when when it was all over with, uh, we'd we'd won the ball game. Getting back to the the championship game against the Raiders, what do you remember against that game against the Raiders? George Atkinson, your touchdown catches. I I knew uh, Oakland. You always played everybody home and home, and uh, we respected the Raiders and and uh, their their ball club. But we knew we we was going to be in for a tough tough game, and uh, as as a result, we uh, came out with good good plays and careful plays, and and uh, we we won the ball game. You caught the winning touchdown pass. That that well, that uh, you just uh, a lot of times you get going, you you 
you sometimes don't realize anything except whether you're ahead or you're behind. And uh, we we lucked out, and uh, and we played we played good, and uh, we wound up and won the game. Now, after that game, did you what what did you assess your chances of beating the Colts? Well, we uh, we respected uh, the Colts. Uh, without a doubt, but uh, with the great Sammy Paul uh, calling the offensive situation, and we had we had an outstanding coach uh, come in, and uh, we Eubank, and that made made a lot of difference. He he'd been in uh, some championship situations, playoffs, and all. And uh, we uh, uh, did, did okay, and we we sure did also. Now, what was it like playing with Joe Namath? Joe, uh, when he came in, you know, I'd I'd played I'd played a little bit, and and uh, I knew the passing game from from uh, Texas Western playing Harden Simmons in the border old border conference, and they threw the ball a lot. And uh, we knew we knew if we didn't make any mistakes, we uh, we we could come out and maybe uh, play the upset of the century. Well, that you do, and you're remembered in history. Now, when you retired, if I'm not mistaken, you had more yards receiving than any other receiver in the history of the game. Yes, sir. <laughs> So when I remember you, I mean, I'm not saying you never dropped a pass, but it seemed like you never dropped a pass. I learned all the tricks and and all from the great Sammy Ball and also Bones Taylor, the in and receiver coach. And uh, I just uh, played careful and uh, I did exactly what I was supposed to do. And a lot of times your great speed, you know, your loping strides or whatever, before you know it, you were behind the uh, the defensive back. That's right. Uh, I always uh, ran my pass patterns and, and all under control and uh, uh, being real careful so that uh, if there was somebody over there that's going to be close, well, uh, if I have to... Whether the ball's short or long, I could I could go get it, and I had some speed left, and uh, I, I fooled a lot of defensive backs. I think <laughs> I think you did. The results speak for themselves. And listen, you know, like uh, our us old Jet fans appreciate what you accomplished in those years because in the in the early '60s you were the star. We all liked watching you. You know, Dick Wood cranking up and throwing to you, and, of course, Joe Namath in the Super Bowl. Do you watch football much today? Oh, yeah. What, whatever's kind of going on, I I enjoy, you know, uh, watching the college games when they're on, and then the pros when they come on on Sunday. Well, then we we have a little group and a coffee and, and sit around, and we'd, we'd be watching the ball game on Sunday. What is the biggest difference between the game today and when you played? Well, I think mainly the the experience of uh, the the co- coaches that had gained the 
experience and the knowledge, but the same thing about the uh, the players. There, there, there's there's more of them. There's more on a team, so you got some extra help that the guy sitting over on the bench kind of can tell tell you what you need to do if uh, at a timeout. Just like when I was. Uh, I, I was real fortunate, you know. We we had George Sauer and Bake Turner and and Pete Lemons, and we we'd always discuss things. Boy, the minute we came off the field, we're we're talking over there in a little huddle, and it worked out real good. And golly, when when the thing was all over with, well here here we won the Super Bowl. <laughs> Well, well, thank you for giving us that thrill. And, and li- again, the, our, the old Jet fans, they love you. They remember you. And like I said, I don't think I ever remember seeing you drop a pass. And that's not even counting all the ones that you just fooled that defensive back and you were out in the open by yourself. So thank you for those memories. Somebody said one, said, how fast were you? I said, well, I was scared fast. <laughs> I, I I never was caught from behind, and that 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 helps when they put put the score up on the board. <laughs> Don Maynard, thank you. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. Have a great year. <laughs> we hope to. How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, taxes, and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors and Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500 or connorsandsullivan.com. Hello, this is Father Frank Pavone of Priests for Life. Do you want to hear your parish priest talk more about abortion and the pro-life movement? The key mission of Priests for Life is to help priests do exactly that. The first place to start is to listen to your priest and learn how he thinks. What is he most interested in and passionate about? Then, when you find out, link that issue with the abortion issue. For example, a priest who told me that he did not preach much about abortion also told me he was interested in efforts to stop drug abuse. When I told him that those who have abortions are more likely to abuse drugs, it gave him a new motive to preach about abortion. Find out more about how you can help your priest at priestsforlife.org. This is Father Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life.
Welcome to the Connors Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. You know, recently uh, some people were celebrating the 50th anniversary of the New York Jets Super Bowl win, but some people forget a game that was played just a couple of weeks earlier. On December 29th, 1968, was the playoff game, the Jets against the Oakland Raiders, and our guest right now had a lot to do with that playoff game. Peter Lamons, how you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. What did you play back there in, in... in the 1968 season. Tied in. Now, do you remember how good a game you had in the, in the 68 playoff game against the Raiders? You know, surprisingly, I remember it pretty well. <laughs> well, tell the crowd tell the crowd what, what you accomplished in that game. Well, I was fortunate enough to score one touchdown. And that was pretty good. That's a, quite an accomplishment. Yes, it was. Uh, I thought it was anyway. <laughs> now, you, you're from Texas originally, right? Yes, sir. Now playing in the in Shea Stadium, that was a cold place back then in the in the sixties. Oh, it was pretty miserable most of the time. But, uh, the winds came in and swirled around at, at uh, one level. They swirled one way, and the next level up, they swirled a different way. So it it made it tough on kicking the ball and catching the ball and throwing. Back then, I was up in the upper deck to to see you catch that touchdown pass in '68. <laughs> it was quite a run, wasn't it? It was. It was a great year. <laughs> uh, the touchdown I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, okay. Yes. Now, let me ask you something. Where did you play college ball? University of Texas. There were a couple of University of Texas ball players on the uh, the Super Bowl Jets. There were four of us: Jim Hudson, George Sauer, John Elliott, and me. Sauer. George and and Jim Hudson and I were all freshmen together at Texas, and we were uh, members of the first national championship that the University of Texas ever won. We were fortunate enough to have a national championship and the world championship. Well, not too many players could have, you know, gone through that. Who did you play for the college national championship, or what, what what team did you beat at the end? We beat Navy in the Cotton Bowl the year that Roger Staubach was the Heisman Trophy winner. They were number two in the country, and we were number one. And we tattooed them pretty good, 28-6, <laughs> to six, I believe it was. Who was your coach back then? Darrell Rowe. Now, he was a legend. Yes. And you, you get drafted by the Jets. Did you ever think you might sign with an NFL team or you were committed to the Jets or did you play them off against each other? To tell you the truth, I was, I was drafted by Cleveland in the NFL. And uh, after the Orange Bowl, when we had played Alabama, uh, the first night game ever of the Orange Bowl, uh, Alabama had taken over the number one ranking after Arkansas beat us by one point. And we go down and play Alabama in Orange Bowl, uh, and we beat Alabama. So off of the two teams, there were six of us who wound up playing with the Jets. Pretty unusual. Now, some people may not remember, and they may not even be alive, but who was the quarterback for Alabama back then? You know, I got it. Joe uh, Namath, I believe. Now, did you ever give him a hard time about that game? Oh, yeah. we Certainly we did. We we were ahead. There was four of us against two of them. You know, four Texas guys against the two Alabama guys, Paul Crane and Joe Namath. So, yeah, we had them outnumbered. Plus, we won anyway, so they couldn't do anything about it. 
that game, do you remember that very well, what you what you accomplished yes. in that game? Uh, well, very fortunate. I recovered a fumble. Uh, I uh, caught a pass on the one-yard line and set up our last touchdown and uh, intercepted uh, Namath twice. How'd you intercept him twice? On I was on defense. I played <laughs> defense and offense. There are not too many players around today who do that. <laughs> no, they're not. They And it, it kind of uh, phased out my last year or two at Texas. It, everybody began to just concentrate on, on one side of of the ball, whether it be offense or defense. Okay, and you get drafted. Your coach at, uh, for the Jets, Weeb Eubank, what was he like? Weeb was great, uh, you know, uh, uh, from the coaching standpoint, uh, from the general manager standpoint, he was very difficult. <laughs> he won't give away that money. <laughs> you have a you know you're eleven and three that season. You have a great season at the end. You're ripping apart the opposition. Tough game against the Raiders. You pull it out. Super Bowl. Were you the guy who said if we keep watching these tapes, we're going to get overconfident? Yes, sir. Might have been the smartest thing I ever said. <laughs> <laughs> Can you explain that a little bit? So you're watching the tapes. Why? Yeah, well, you, it will break down uh, in the offense and defensive units and uh, offensive linemen and, and backs, quarterbacks and backs and receivers. And we all watch, you know, what the people on the defensive side are doing on the other team. So we watched a lot of their, well, the two films that we had of them. And uh, they, of course, had uh, just walked through the the playoffs. But the guys, the other teams that uh, they played, just they, they seemed to not adjust offensively to uh, the plays and, and stuff that they had uh, that they had called. They'd run against the defense of of the Colts, and it just seemed like you know they. They never did adjust their – they couldn't call uh, audibles at the line of scrimmage. And uh, we did, and, and we went up to the line of scrimmage, and, you know, we if we had a play called and didn't like it, he could he could check out of it and, and do that. Now they do that regular now, but back then, not uh, – I don't know if we were the first, but we were certainly uh, early on doing it. And uh, we'd go up and we could change the play. The, most of the other teams didn't do that, and we we noticed all that. And and that's where, after watching two of the films, and at the time, uh, we were 18-point underdogs. You know, and then I told uh, Coach, uh, well, there was, it was the Weeb and, and Cleve Rush and, and all of the backs and receivers. We were all sitting around. <laughs> I told them, I said, we watching more of these films. We're going to get overconfident. And there we were, 18-point underdogs. That's, that's a pretty wide spread. Now, I remember when that was reported in the press, and they thought, like, you know, it was a backhanded joke. You You felt like you guys didn't really – the press played up the fact you were an underdog and you really had no chance of winning. Well, yes, they did. They didn't. Uh, uh, they didn't think we deserved to be there at all. But we fooled them. <laughs> when when did you feel that you had won that game, the Super Bowl? Well, I I think 
Um, well, obviously, it when the game's over. But uh, <laughs> the last drive where we had the ball to keep it away from them, uh, you know, they had they had scored finally a touchdown uh, to make it sixteen to seven. And uh, you know, you just get a little nervous. Uh, there was not a lot of time left in the game, but uh, three or four minutes, I think, something like that. But we got the ball and we kept it away from them. Uh, you know, we made a little drive and and uh, ran most of the clock out. And then uh, at that point, you know, pretty well uh, assured that uh, you're going to win the game. So, and that's really what happened. What is your fondest memory of playing professional football besides the Super Bowl and the, the playoff game? Well, I, I I think you know you you uh, are hard pressed to find something better than that. But uh, you know, just being able to to play the game, uh, truthfully, I you and you never really know whether you can. Or you think you can, and you know, a lot of times you get just like uh, going from high school to college. To, you know, you you think you can play and all of a sudden you, you're not as good as the next guy. But it just being able to play and have the camaraderie that you have with the other uh, team players, you know, you, you, you go through a lot of, of uh, pain and suffering together, and you get to be a very cohesive unit. You know, and that's and you your friend. I mean, that's on and off the field. So it's uh, you know you and you get different guys from all different uh, aspects of the country. You know, they all come from different places and have different uh, traditions and things. And uh, you know, you get to meet a lot of different people and uh, learn a lot of different things from them. Pete Lamons, thank you for what you did for us, our Jet fans, back in 1968-69. Uh, thank you to all those Texans who were on the team. Without those Texans, we wouldn't have been in the Super Bowl. <laughs> well, that's what we used to tell him. He said, you get enough guys from Texas and we'll win. Well, they did. <laughs> and one quarterback from Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we helped him along. <laughs> Pete Lamons, thank you very much. All right, thank you very much. Thanks again to Pete Lamons and Don Maynard for being on our show. You know, as an old Jet fan, and we've been going through a lot of suffering for the last 49 years, It's it, it's been a lot of fun talking to those two guys. It brings back memories. I realize this is radio, but I wish y'all could see the big smile on my husband's face the whole time he was talking to these fellas. Oh, my goodness. You're in heaven. <laughs> yeah. Well, Pete Lamons was a good, solid tight end, and he came in the clutch in the 68 championship game. But Dodd Maynard was really one of the great receivers of all time. And, you know, like, I, I would not put sports figures as heroes. I, I don't think that's appropriate. But you have to admire what he accomplished. You know, he was cut by the Giants after the 58 championship game. He didn't have a job in football, and then he ends up in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Again, when he retired, he had more receiving yards than any other receiver in the history of the you know football. And he was voted the all-time AFL greatest receiver in the history of the AFL. He was voted the greatest receiver in the history of the AFL. And he is a humble man. Yeah, he is. You know, notice something. When he was talking, he was saying we. He didn't say I. 
He did say a couple of times when he's making a joke or something, but he, he a lot of times he said we. Yeah, yeah. We made. You know, the place. well, how did you do it? Well, I just got my got the job done. Just did what I was supposed to do. Yeah, and yeah. had fun. I think. Yeah. Again, eleven Texans on that team. <laughs> that just that's what I'm saying. Let's find some more Texans. The Jets need some help. Let's go down to Texas. Maybe Alabama. <laughs> I don't know about LSU, but let's go someplace. <laughs> well, you, okay, write uh, write to Johnson's letter. They, oh, they don't more listen to me. Texas. They're not going to listen to me. <laughs> now, I know a lot of you out there say, what does this have to do with the state planning? But if you want, you can email us a question about estate planning. We'll, we'll answer it. You can go to our seminars in a couple of weeks. We're going to be in Brooklyn. Matt is going to have the Times announced. We're going to be at the Greenhouse Cafe, the Montauk Club, and Buckley's. So if you want to hear about estate planning and elder law, go to those seminars. Come to Brooklyn. Come to Brooklyn, right. Now, we're going to do seminars in Queens in May, and then June, we're probably going to hit Staten Island and Manhattan. So we'll come to a place near you. And and by, and by the way, if there are any churches out there you want me to do a seminar, call a couple of weeks, a couple, of, let's say a couple of months in advance. I'll do the seminar at your church. Just give us a call in advance. I'd be more than happy to do it. Obviously, there's no charge for the seminar. Thank you very much for listening to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors, accompanied by my wife, Beth. Bye-bye, everybody. We are gathered here on hallowed ground, the voices raised, heads bowed down. We're gathered here on hallowed ground to sing this soul away. We are gathered, we are gathered here on hallowed ground, the voices raised, heads bowed down. We're gathered here on hallowed ground to sing this soul away. For our Ask the Lawyer friends and listeners, you can attend any of Connors and Sullivan's free seminars on elder law, Medicaid, wills and estate planning, and more. Yes, it's all free and all close to you. So come to Connors and Sullivan's free seminars. On Tuesday, April 9th at the Greenhouse Cafe, 7717 3rd Avenue in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn at 11 a.m., 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. At Buckley's, 2926 Avenue S in Sheepshead Bay, Brooklyn on Wednesday, April 10th at 11 a.m., 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. And at the Montauk Club, 25 8th Avenue in Park Slope, Brooklyn on Thursday, April 11th at 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. Can't go to any Connors & Sullivan's free seminars? Then call Connors & Sullivan at 718-238-6500 for your own free office appointment. Make an educated decision on your estate and family legal solutions today. Just call Connors & Sullivan at 718-238-6500 or go to connorsandsullivan.com. The preceding pre-recorded program paid for by Connors and Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.